Chatting with this woman was an adventure, and to begin, she commented on her proactive approach to obtaining information. I've always asked my doctors, you know, if I were your daughter, what would you tell me to do? And, you know, they're always like, well, they're not going to tell you what to do. And I am a journalist by training, so I ask every question I can think of. And I ask probably questions that other women are maybe intimidated to ask or don't want to ask. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that I'm young and I'm outspoken and I'm not sort of, oh, I don't want to bother them. I got a sense that older women, you know, I feel like they're of the generation more where it's like they feel there's a stigma attached to it. My thing was like, why is there a stigma attached to this? I'm going to talk about as much as I want to talk about in as much graphic detail as I feel like because people need to know the truth. And especially for other people going through this, they need to know that their doctor might not tell them how much pain there's going to be when you get expanded or what the real recovery time is and what your real symptoms are going to be because the doctors don't know, especially the male ones, because they don't go through like the symptoms and the side effects. And I love my doctors to death, but... Often they don't tell you, I think, because they don't know. Every patient reacts differently. To me, it was incredibly important to keep up with my life. And even though the cancer was a full-time job, I still made sure to dress up every time I went to chemo and I wore makeup and I had this fabulous wig. And I could have gone probably the whole time and never told anyone And nobody might have known, you know. And it occurred to me that so many women do that, you know. And so many prominent women, especially, like, the ones that my wig maker worked with. I mean, some of the women he worked with, like, never told people that they had cancer. And major celebrities and major political figures, maybe, who didn't want people to know because that could jeopardize like their job and their lives and all this. And it kind of pisses me off that there is still this stigma attached to cancer when it's so common and it's like someone you know is going to have it. Someone in your family had it or has it. What's it been like to take the Herceptin without the chemo? Oh, it's been absolutely fine. No problem? No. And you know what? A month or so after chemo, I felt back to myself in terms of physical health, in terms of my body. When you go into chemo, everyone thinks you're going to lose weight. But I know with Taxol and breast cancer, it's like one of the few that women gain weight. I've always had a good sense of humor, and I'm sort of like a female Woody Allen type. And before this, I was a big hypochondriac, and I was, you know, really didn't like going to the doctor But then it's like, okay, well, this is the worst. And, you know, if this is the worst, I can deal with it. And I don't know, my humor just kicked in. Because even though I've suffered from clinical depression, you know, most of my life, this wasn't that depressing for me for some reason. Like, it's just from the beginning, like, I'm a fighter. And I've always been that way. And... That was sort of my feeling when I first got diagnosed. It was like, well, I'm not going to let cancer kick my ass, and I'm not going to let it take away my sense of humor. 
And I also, you know, was writing everything down and taking notes. And I had my mom and my best friend who always made me laugh. And we were in the doctor's office, like, in my plastic surgeon's office looking at Playboy trying to pick out new boobs. So it was like, you know, it just kicked in. It was probably a coping mechanism that just kicked in automatically. And like I said to my friend, when we, we were in the doctor's offices, you know, just cracking up and acting like life was normal because it was, you know, as much as it could be. And one time we were sitting in Rosenbaum's office. We were being loud and, you know, probably obnoxious to some of the, like, Hasidic Jew cancer patients. And we're these loud girls. And I said something like a little baldy in front of everyone else. And Dana's like, oh, God, you know, be quiet. And I'm like, well, what? How do you think Jews got through thousands of years of persecution without their sense of humor, (laughs) you know? And it's like, to me, humor is, like, the best coping mechanism you can have. And I've always been able to laugh at myself. And a lot of the stuff that happens to you in this process is comical, especially, like, The technology is amazing, but at the same time, it's the stuff that you would never think of, like going into the plastic surgeon's office and literally seeing your boobs being inflated like tires. You know, that's funny. I mean, it's weird, but it's funny. And, like, Dr. Rosenbaum took me, like, a couple sessions to, like, get him out of his shell in terms of, like, humor. But then once I kind of broke that barrier, it's like he's very funny, And he's got the same dry sense of humor as me, and he's very quirky. So it was like, you know, I would go in there, and literally, I go in there to be expanded. And I'm like, Doc, I need some Botox. And he's like, okay, when? I'm like, right now. So he would inflate me and then give me Botox after. I'm like, if I'm going into the plastic surgeon's office, I want to get something good out of it, too. (laughs) And so I'm like, am I the first patient to ask you this? And he's like... No, it's South Florida. What do you think? (laughs) That's funny. Yeah, so, you know, that was just what I did. How has this experience to this point affected the way you see yourself, what you think about yourself? Well, it's made me realize that I'm as strong as I suspected, but stronger than I really knew or thought. My therapist asked me, well, are you grateful in a general sense. And I said, well, grateful, how do you mean? Am I grateful, like, oh, I'm so grateful I'm alive? I said, I said, not really. Like, I don't attribute it to God save me or anything like that. I'm not, you know, religious. I said, I'm grateful that I had the best doctors. I'm grateful that I had the financial resources to get the best wig and to have an amazing plastic surgeon. And, you know, I'm grateful that I had the strength to get through this and that I had the support system. But I didn't attribute my getting through this to some higher power. Like, it was me and it was my doctors and it was medical innovations. 